Well, good morning, everybody. I hope you're doing well. If you're here for the first time, I want to say welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for worshiping with us. We're excited that you're here. My name is Ryan, and I have the honor of being the youth pastor here at Church of the Apostles and getting to hang out with you guys on a regular basis. And I just love uh, what God is doing so far and what He's doing in our ministry and what He's doing through and in you guys and what He's going to do over the next few a uh, few weeks and months. So uh, we're excited. Today is the first of many days of God just using you guys to impact the kingdom. And I'll tell you why. This morning, while you were in here worshiping, there were teenagers your age leading worship in the den for our seventh and eighth graders and teenagers worshiping and leading worship uh, for our fifth and sixth graders upstairs this morning. So there was a lot of ministry going on this morning, and we are super stoked about that. Not only that is we, we have the music ministry that's going on, but we have a lot of other things that we want you to be a part of. Starting this afternoon at 345 will be our very first Go Team gathering. Now, here's what a Go Team is. A Go Team is uh, uh, folks who are interested in photography or creativity as far as uh, announcements or video videography, um, basketball to, let's see, what else? We have our uh, welcome team. We have just a slew of different things, we, and we want you to be a part. Now, we asked you to sign up for those. Now, that was just so we could get a kind of a heads up, but if you didn't sign up, you need to be here at 345. It's going to be awesome, and it's just an hour and 15 minutes where we're going to gather in here. Tech team and worship team is going to gather in here, and then other teams will meet around our campus uh, around the STS area. So you don't want to miss out on that this afternoon, 345 to 5. Now at 5 o'clock, I'm really excited about our outreach tonight, our outreach tonight and our service project tonight. About 15, well, 15 years ago today, one of the greatest tragedies and attack, terrorist attacks happened on U.S. soil, 9-11 uh, in New York. And today is, is a day that we want to remember, but we also want to serve and we also want to love on those who are who are choosing their profession to serve others um, in, in the medical field as far as uh, firefighters and EMTs uh, to police officers, first responders. So we want to go serve them today. What we're going to do is we're going to, after go teams, and if you're not on the go team, you don't feel like that's where you want to be this uh, right now in your world, be here at five o'clock. We're going to load up in cars. We're going to go to fire stations and police departments around our city and just go serve them. We're going to take them some cookies, take them some brownies. We're going to leave them a little note and just they say thank you. So we want you to be a part of that. It's going to be a really powerful service time. So don't miss this opportunity this afternoon. It's going to be really killer. There's one more team I want to tell you about. One more team, and it is the Tell Team. It is one that has just been created. It's a new team that's going to be starting up today, uh, and then it will be a, kind of helping other teams, but the Tell Team. Some of you I know for a fact that God is really tugging on your heart to either teach or preach or serve in, on the mission field or some type of capacity. If you feel a call to serve God in a vocational ministry as far as teaching or being a pastor or youth pastor or a leader in ministry, anything like that, 
I want to be able to have the opportunity to pour into you. So I want you to be here at 345 as well. And uh, you'll hear more about that this afternoon at 345. And uh, I'll walk with you through that. I'm really excited about the Tell team. So if you feel that call, I would love for you to, uh, to, to join us at 345. It's going to be really killer. So that's all on here. And in fact, I want you to put this in your lap. Put the pen in your lap for me because I want you to take notes. We've got a lot of things that we're going to cover today. And being with that being said, we... Uh, we want you to have that. Also, because I forgot before I, f I go any further, these things, we want you to take notes. Now, why do we want you to take notes? Because most of the time, I think it's 78% of the stuff that you hear, you will forget if you don't write it down. The more times that you put it in your brain as far as writing it down, you hear it, you see it, you smell it, and all that stuff. If you smell writing, that would be interesting. But, but, we have these, and, and we want you, they're five bucks, STS journals. In fact, I have two right here. Who wants one? First hand goes up. That hand went up there. First hand, Hannah, there you go. All right, the girls were fast this morning. Woo! So five bucks, they're yours, and you can pick one of those up today. And a, a, a photography team, the a creative team, you'll hear more about that. Uh, we have a mission for you this afternoon with the uh, with the journals. Now, turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. So hopefully, Jackson, can I borrow that little red card underneath your chair? Thank you. Take one of these home with you. Put it in your Bible. Put it in your purse. Put it in your wallet. Whatever you have to do. And you ask yourself, like Ryan talks a lot. Our leaders talk a lot about having quiet times. And our, our leaders really want us to dive into the Word and, and really want us to study. But I don't really know how to. Well, we want to help you with that. There's, we, we made you a little card that's really simple. You can put in your, your Bible, any size Bible, whether you have the, the dagger size Bible or you have the sword size Bible, you have, because the word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, so any size, you can put this in there. And you can ask yourself these three questions. What does this scripture teach me about God? And it has a little sentence about that. What does God want me to know? Has a little talk about that. Then what does God want me to do? And so we want you to ask these three questions while you're reading these scriptures. Today, we're on Mark chapter one. Next week, we are gonna be on Mark chapter two. Very good, Mark chapter two, you're on it. Now, what I want you to do this week is I want you to read Mark chapter two every day this week if you can. Now, I don't want you to like bog yourself down. Oh, I missed a day, I missed a day. Uh, Try your hardest to read Mark chapter 2 at least three to five days this week. And then as you're reading and you say, this may be, listen, if you drag it out, and if you're a slow reader like me, because I'm a super slow reader, it might take six minutes to do. Maybe. Super slow. If you're Chris Height, it'll probably take you 45 seconds. But ask yourself these questions. Ask yourself these questions as you're reading. One more thing, and we're diving in to this Bible study. Fall retreat. Somebody say fall retreat. October 14th and 15th, it's an overnighter, and I'm really stoked about this. The 14th, we're going to load up in vans, and we're going to head north up to the mountains of Georgia, and we're going to kind of go into Tennessee as well. And then that next morning on Saturday morning, we're going to wake up in that brisk mountain air, and then we're going to grab our paddles and our hats and our life jackets, and we're going to hit the upper Ocoee. And then as we get to lunchtime, we're going to pull off and have a little snack lunch, and we're going to chow down, and then we're going to hit the lower Ocoee River as we raft 
for our lives, and it's going to be awesome. And if you haven't done the Okoe River, you need to once in your life. And if you haven't done it in, in October, whew, it's going to be cold. So get your life jacket or uh, wetsuits and all that stuff. It's going to be chilly. But we want you to be here. You no know, swimming required or needing to know how to swim, all that stuff. We really want you to be a part. It's going to be super awesome. So if you're at Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 1, say yeah. yeah. Mark chapter 1. All right. So did anybody a nerd like me that was anybody? I was at Disney. I was at Disney and I watched this. Did anybody see the Apple keynote this week? Anybody? Uh, for uh, a few other nerds in the house, I watched the Apple keynote where they introduced the new iWatch and they introduced the new iPhone that does pretty much all the same thing that the iPhone 6 does, but it's got a few more things to just take my money kind of thing, you know, and I'm watching this thing and I'm going, this is an amazing, amazing company. They put out a new phone every year and we just go, shut up, take it. Here's my money. Just take it. Take it all. Take all my money. Oh, the phone costs $2,000. I'll rate, I'll cut grass. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll babysit. I want that other camera on my phone to zoom in super close. Because that's what I want. And so we just say it. And we're like, take it all. And then I get to thinking about these massive companies. I think uh, 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 my sister-in-law works for Chick-fil-A. Anybody like Chick-fil-A? Christian chicken closed on Sunday. You know what I mean? I love, I love Chick-fil-A. Now, now I love Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A just got a new marketing uh, group that was working with them. So they're, they're, they're kind of doing some new marketing things. But I think about the Cathy's and the, and the, the bigness of the the chicken franchise that they've made. There's a Chick-fil-A on almost every corner and everybody loves their sweet tea and it's just so good. And, and then I think about Coca-Cola. Anybody drink Coca-Cola around here? You know, it's the little, you know, I, I, if anybody drink the Coke Classic, like the real stuff, you drink the red can, red bottle kind of stuff. Man, I can't drink this. It's like syrup. I know, I know. It's like sugar. It's like pouring it out and it goes, I mean, that's, I mean, it's just, I can't do it. But these companies have been around Apple with Steve Jobs and, and, and I don't know the Coca-Cola guy, but he's pretty smart. Now they have all these, it, the Colonel Kentucky fried chicken coming back, suntan Colonel Sanders. I mean, I tell you all these companies, I think about these companies that are big and huge. And I think about what does it take for a company to really succeed? What does it take? I'm a leader. I have the privilege of being a leader. I have the call of being a leader. And so leadership things really intrigue me. They, they, I, I want to be the best leader I can. And I want to I lead with the best uh, motivation and the best way possible. And so I read a lot, of, a lot of leadership things, and I read this, this the other day, and I really love this. So if you're taking notes, what does it take to make a great organization? Three things, three things. I'm going to give you a little, this is going to be a little class this morning as we dive into Mark chapter one, and we'll get to where we're going in a second. So three things it takes to make an organization great. Number one, a grand vision, a grand vision. Even scripture says that people without, vi uh, excuse me, without vision, people perish. Without vision, people perish. So you have to have, number one, a grand vision. Number two, you have to have a group of good people. You have to have a group of good people. Write that down. Number one, a grand vision. Number two, a group of good people. 
They don't have to be the best. They just have to believe in the vision. And they have to just jump on board and do what it takes to execute that vision as best possible. And number three, so we have a grand vision and a group of good people. Number three, a great leader. It takes a great leader. It, it takes, as, as the, uh, the guy at the keynote said for Apple this week, it takes courage. Did y'all hear that? Why are we not putting a headphone jack? I'm going to tell you why we're not putting a headphone jack on the iPhone 7. Courage. And I'm like, that's the dumbest thing in the world. You just want to switch everything up so you can make more money. I get it. But no, it does take courage to take steps, to take challenges, to, to do something different. It takes courage. And I love that. It takes boldness to make things happen. And I love this thing is going to drive me crazy. But I look at a grand vision and a, a group of good people and I look at a great leader and that really does, if you have those three things, that really can make a company successful. And we all want to be a part of a, uh, either we want to be a part of a team that is successful and does big things or we want to be at the top, we want to be that leader or we just, we want to follow someone with vision and we, we just want to go hard after it. And you're in one of those spots and not one of us just want to go, huh, I, just want to, I just want to sit at home. I don't, hopefully that's not, I want you to go get it. I want you to get after it. I want you to have that drive, that passion to do something big. And think about this with me. Think about this. Anybody play sports? Anybody, we have a lot of sports folks in here. Now, have you ever played any sports? You never played a sport? You ought to consider it, Will. I don't know. But, but let's, use, let's, use, let's use baseball. Any baseball or softball players in here? Just Okay, we got a few. Everybody knows that you know, you know baseball and you know how horrible Braves are. But we, we, we understand. We understand baseball. We get baseball. So just put your, you're on, you're on a little league baseball team. Maybe, what do they call it? You know, uh, what's the... You're in the minor leagues, I don't know, of, of Little League Baseball. You're, no, you're in that 13 to 15 age of playing baseball, and, and you're out there on the field, and check this. So this guy comes up. He's got a baseball hat on, and he kind of looks like he's played baseball before, but he's like, he walks up to you and goes, I've heard about you. And you're like, what? And you got your bat in your hand, your glove like, because you have a bat and a glove all at the same time. And um, you're like, what? And he's like, I've heard about you. Put that stuff down and come with me. I'm going to put you on a global stage. What? And you're like, I've got my bat. I've got my glove. I'm standing out here. I'm at practice. And I'm just doing what I do. And I know how to do it. And I, I, just, I, I just keep doing it. I can, I can hit the ball okay. I'm not great. But I got the glove and I can catch all right. But, but this guy says, Put the stuff down, tell your coach, see you later, and just come with me. Come with me. I'm going to put you on a global stage. Uh, uh, and in that moment, you ask yourself, man, what would I do? What would I do? I've been playing for this team forever. I've been on this field forever. I've, I've kind of known what to do. Should I do it? This guy I've never met comes on the scene. I've, I've kind of heard about him and his reputation, but I don't really know what he's all about. But I'm, should I go with him and should I go and see what is up? And at that moment, listen, is the moment of tension. At the moment of tension where you put your stuff down and go, or you say, thanks, but no thanks. I'm just going to stay here. And that is kind of similar, 
Kind of similar to what we see in Mark chapter 1. Kind of similar to what we see in Mark chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, Mark chapter 1, if you don't have a Bible and you would like a physical Bible, we would love to give you one this morning. All you got to do is throw your hand up and one of our leaders will bring you a Bible. If not, you can just use your electronic device and Mark chapter 1 or turn in your Bibles, Mark chapter 1. We are going to hang out around verse 14 this morning. Mark chapter 1, verse 14. So let me pray. We're going to dive in the scripture and I see what God has for us. Lord, I love you so much. And I thank you for the call that you've put on our lives. And I thank you for what you're going to do this morning. God, I truly pray that you would speak to us through your word. God, you have something big to say to each and every one of us. And so, God, I pray that you would speak to us now over the next few moments. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let's dive in. Mark chapter 1, starting verse 14. We're going to go through verse 20, and then we'll come back and talk about it. Does that sound good? Cool. All right, verse 14. After John was put into prison, time out, time out, time out. John, John, not the gospel writer John. This is John the Baptist. John the Baptizer is what his real name would be in the Greek. John the Baptizer. Now, he was put into prison. He was the forerunner to Christ. He was the one that's saying, hey, the Lamb is coming. The Messiah is coming. Get ready. He, he's announcing. He was the weird guy that was out in the desert and he would wear in the wilderness and he would wear camel's hair and he would eat locusts and honey. And I mean, he was like, he was the real deal. Long beard, probably a manly man. And so he was, he was, the, he was the dude who was the forerunner to Christ, but he was put in a prison. You'll talk more about him later. But after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee. This was the very first, the start of his Galilean ministry. Now, you'll, that's not a big deal, but I want to tell you about it, bless you. I want to tell you about that because for a year and a half, he's going to be hanging out in Galilee. He's going to be doing his Galilean or Galilean or Galileo ministry. Now, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. Now, I'm going to keep reading, but I am going to stop right here. Proclaiming the good news. What is, anybody know what the good news, what a short way to say the good news is? The gospel. The gospel, very good. The short version to say the good news. The good news literally is the gospel. And what is the gospel? Sunday school answer. Jesus. Very good. Very good. That's where you insert the Sunday school answer. Jesus, you got it. Gold star, smiley face, you got it. Now, proclaiming himself. Himself. Now, what was he saying? He says, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. In verse 16, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake. For they were fishermen. That's usually what fishermen do. They cast nets into the lake. He said, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. And at once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he, is, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. So let's, let's backtrack. We, we talked a little bit. We paused a lot in verse 14 to set up the rest of the scripture. Let's hang out in verse 15, and then we're going to kind of work our way down, and we're going to tie it all back to how you fit into this story, how you fit into what Mark is telling us about the call of the first disciples. Now, Jesus came 
to share the good news, the gospel. And in this, we see four things. So if you're taking notes, we see four things that Jesus talks about here, four things that Jesus talks about. Number one, he says this, the time has come. Four things that Jesus says. Number one, the time has come. He's saying the Messiah is here. Remember back when we were talking about, when we set this up a few weeks ago, that the people were, the, the, the Jews were expecting this Messiah to come in in a, in a white horse and just come in and conquer with a sword, uh, just swinging and just really make a reign on this earth. But the Messiah came as a servant, and that's what we see as Jesus, the servant king, and he really flipped the idea of the kingdom reign of God upside down for the Jews. And that's where we get our title for this series, Kingdom. And we think about this, and, and so he says, the time has come. It is, some of your scriptures, some of your, your translations might say, the time has been fulfilled, or it is fulfilled. It is time. Messiah is on the scene. And then he says, number two, he says, the kingdom of God has come near, or your translation might say this, is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. Now, why in the world does he say this? He says the reign of God is among them. Jesus, God, the God-man is with them. He's here. The kingdom of God has come near. And when you hear this, when you hear this, that the kingdom of God has come near and that the time is, is now that begs a response. Those words, especially at that time and even now, beg a response. We can't go any further when we hear those words that the time is now, the kingdom of God is drawn near. It's here, he's here. And so it begs a response. And so Jesus answers. He knows there needs to be a response. And so he goes on and he says this. He says this, all right, here we go. Check this out. He says, number three, he says, repent. He says, repent, repent. Now, what does the word repent mean? It literally means make a 180 and turn the other direction. That's what the word repent means, make a 180 and turn the other direction. So what Jesus is saying, stop sinning, stop doing the sin and living in the sin that you're in right now and turn and go the other direction. And it doesn't just stop there. He says, and believe. He says, repent and believe the good news. Believe the good news. He said, believe me. He's saying, believe me. Now check this. This belief, too many times I think for us, but not only do I think it lands on us, there's a reason why Jesus said what he said here. Repent and believe. Because this belief is an ongoing thing. This isn't like a one-time deal. It's not one of those things that just is a belief and then just happens. It's a belief that keeps on going. It, it keeps on going. You, uh, excuse me, you completely trust. You completely follow Christ in your belief. So he says these three things. The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And so as he's preaching this, he comes on the scene of these fishermen. He comes on the scene of these fishermen who are doing their normal thing. These guys have grown up in the family business of fishing. That's what they do. 
So let's take a trip for just a second in the next few moments as we think about what these boys have went through. Now, these guys' ages are your age. Not too many uh, scholars, or excuse me, a lot of scholars think that the disciples whom Jesus chose were your age. They were between 13 and 19. Some were a little older, but that was the major age between 13 and 19. And so there could be some as young as 13, 14 years old. And I love the fact that Jesus calls youth. Jesus calls the age that he does. And I love that. And so Jesus is walking along, or excuse me, the boys are doing their thing, they're fishing, because they have went to school, they have went to school, and they had already learned. They learned the first five. They could, they could, they could quote the first five books of the Old Testament, the Pentateuch. They could quote these things, and when they got to that age of whether they're going to continue on in their, their life as, as going to a priest, or they're going to pick a trade. The priest would look at him and go, ah, I think you need to go, you need to go this way. If you really feel like, if you really feel that bent, he wouldn't push him, but he would, he would say, okay, if you really feel that bent, you go this way. If you really feel this bent, you go this way. And so if, if they were a trade, they would become a blacksmith, fisherman, or something like that. You're, you got that. But if they went to be a priest, here's what they would have to do. Listen, they would have to find a priest and they would go up underneath that priest and they would learn everything. If the priest, listen, it, they would do everything like the priest. They woke up in the morning early. If the priest woke up in the morning, they woke up. They slept in the same room as the priest. If the priest had a limp, that guy would walk with a limp. If he had a lisp, he would talk with a lisp. He wanted to do everything. If he studied as many hours as that priest studied, he studied right beside him. He would watch everything that priest would do and he would walk and follow. And the reason, listen, listen, he wasn't following the priest and you could be really careful and you can miss this point. He wasn't following the priest, he was following the law. He was following the law. He was saying, I got to do these things because if I want to be a priest, if I want to, to get to that spot, I've got to do X, Y, and Z. I have to go to this spot. And then Jesus comes on the scene. And what does he do? He says, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. He knew what they were doing. He says, come follow me. Jesus, as the great high priest, calls those guys and says, you come follow me. You come follow me. You don't have to pick me out. You're not going to pick me out. I'm going to pick you out. You're going to come and I'm going to teach you. I love it. He says, I want you to come with me because I want to teach you. And then he says, I will make you fishers of men. And not only did he pick Peter and Andrew, he goes down and he sees James and John and they're doing the same thing and he says, come follow me. And both sets of guys, all four of them dropped everything. In the first one, it says at once, verse 18, those two words, if you have your Bible, circle it, underline it, put a star, highlight it, whatever you gotta do. But at once they left their stuff and they followed him. Verse 20 with James and John, without delay, those two words, without delay, they did not pause, they didn't hesitate, they didn't go, oh, let me think about it, okay. No, they left, they dropped everything, they, they left their dad, they left 
their workers, they left everything that they always knew. And they followed this man who claimed to be the Messiah. And for the next three and a half years, they were by his side. Now, you say, Ryan, that's really cool. But how does this have to do with me? That's always the question. We read these scriptures, but what does this have to do with me? How does this, how does this hit me where I am? And I have to think, uh, I have to put you in the story. Put yourself in the story for a second. How would you respond if Jesus came into your school, came onto your field, came up to your house, came up to your job and said, hey, come follow me. Come follow me. He came on your scene, wherever you were, and said, come follow me. And the question is, would we do it? Would you do it? Would you have the boldness? Would you have the trust to go, and that's one of those questions we see this, and we're going, "Ah, oh, man, this is so hard." Because you got to keep in mind, this was not the response that they were looking for. They were thinking that the Messiah was going to come with a rain and a, on a horse and with a sword, but no, Jesus came with peace, and He came to call. Listen, He came to call. And Jesus is building this organization. We see this organization that Jesus is building. And as you look at this, look. I mean, it started out with a grand vision. Look, it started out with a grand vision. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Then it took a group of good people. Peter and James and John and Andrew he said, come follow me, the brothers. And number three, it took a great leader, Jesus. It took a great leader, Jesus. And, and in the same vein as these guys were, he says that in your heart as well. For some of you, he's calling you to do some big things. You've made that point in your life where you've repented and you've returned from your sins and and you're, you're going through that path of constant belief, of trusting God with everything. And you're saying, I love, I asked Nate to do that song. Here I surrender. I put my hands up to you, God, and I say, here, all of me, you have it. And I bow down at your feet, all of me, Jesus. Here I surrender everything. I have nothing. And we make that claim in our lives over and over and over. And that's what this scripture says. And I want to pose this question would you leave it all for him? Would you leave your future? Would you leave your friendships? Would you leave your relationships? And that's a hard one. These are one of those, this is one of those tough talks that might come with some backlash. It might come with some backlash because we go, but God doesn't want me to quit this thing or God doesn't want me to stop dating this person or God doesn't want me to stop this friendship. I just know it, I can just feel it, but I just wanna ask what if he is? Because when Jesus calls, a response must be given. 
a response must be had. And if we were to really take Jesus at his word as the Messiah, we might not know what it looks like. Because Jesus is like, Jesus pulls out a sheet of paper and says, Dear, insert your name. And here's what I want you to do. I just want you to sign it. And I'll fill in the, the stuff in the middle. But all you need to do is sign it. And he puts it down in front of you. And at that moment we say, okay, here we go. We sit and think about it. And in that thinking time is the moment where that enemy comes in and he says, I don't know. What about this? What about that? What about these things? What about those places? And we have to think too hard and Jesus says, I want you to sign it. And so right now, in this moment, that's the, that's the tension that we live in. We follow Christ in this great organization called the body, the kingdom. Or do you just keep on doing what we do in status quo? And we just go, okay, I'm, I'm saved, but I'm just going to keep doing my own thing. My prayer is for all of us, from me to you, to our leaders in this place, that we go, okay, God, wherever you lead, wherever you, wherever you go, I will follow you deeply, wholeheartedly. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to look a little different. It may look a little things that you a little different than you already planned. I think about the disciples, and then they had it all planned out. They were going to take over their family's business. They're going to say, "Okay, I'm a fisherman. I've learned it all from my dad, and he's been a fisherman forever, and his dad's been a fisherman forever, and probably his dad's been a fisherman forever. And so I'm just going to take the family trade, and my son and his son, they're going to be fishermen." And then Jesus comes on the scene and says, "Come follow me." totally flips everything upside down. And so this morning, I just want you to think on that. I want you to think about the call that God has on your life. I want you to kind of lean in to what he has to say to you today. Because he has something to say to each and every one of us. So let's pray together. As we think on that, as we have our heads bowed and our eyes closed, we're about to split. We're about to go upstairs and worship together corporately for some of you God is calling you out God is calling you to make some tough decisions and and the scripture's clear he's calling and at once they left but I love this as you just think about this just in the quiet and the stillness of your heart think about these words and Jesus says, come, follow me, but it doesn't end there, guys. Listen, Jesus says, and I will make you fishers of men. And as we follow Christ, as we let go of our own thoughts and let go of our own actions, and we just go, okay, God, wherever you lead, I'll go. God comes in, Jesus comes in, holds our hand, and walks this out with us and shows us his way.
and you're never alone. That's the cool part about this. We're never alone. And so, Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you for your promises. We thank you that you are real. We thank you, that you, thank you that you're alive, and we thank you for everything that you do for us, God. And those things that we see, some of those things might hurt, some of those things might be great, but God, we thank you that you're calling us down a path to serve you with our whole hearts and our whole lives. And so, God, we give this day to you. Let us think about these things throughout the day. Let us come back this afternoon and serve you and see what you have for us. God, we love you. Speak to us now as we go and worship together. And it's in Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys.